Psalm 23 is probably the best known passage in the Old Testament. It's definitely the best known psalm. We often turn to it for comfort and hope during times of loss. This psalm pours light into a dark and hurting soul. It's a hopeful song of God's presence and his abundant provision in our time of need. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hi, friend. You're listening to Find Hope Here. I'm your host, Teresa Whiting, author, speaker, ministry leader, friend, and fellow struggler. This is a podcast about the messy, complicated, painful parts of life, but also the beautiful, joy-filled hope that Jesus promises. Each week, we dig deep into God's Word together and talk about how His truth impacts our everyday lives. I'm not going to ask you to sit with me and have coffee because I seem to have my best conversations while I'm just doing life. So I'd love to hang out with you as you walk or fold laundry or drive to work. You're invited to join me in pursuing the hope God promises. No matter where you are or where you've been, I pray you always find hope here. Let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome to episode 10, Psalm 23. You know, the irony isn't lost on me that this psalm was written by David, the same David we've been talking about who made some terrible life choices. But that is just a reminder to us of God's grace and how he can use us even if we mess up in huge ways. Ultimately, God is the author of Psalm 23. So we will receive this psalm as a gift from him to us. We're going to take it one verse and one phrase at a time. And I hope that even if this psalm is familiar to you, it will be a source of joy and hope and comfort today. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. And it starts out in such a personal way. He's my shepherd. I know other psalms say he's my rock. He's my light. He's my salvation. I love the personal nature that he's not just a good shepherd out there somewhere. He's my good shepherd. The idea of shepherd. Oh my goodness. That term is totally lost on us. I know I, when I think of a shepherd, I imagine, you know, those guys with the things on their heads and the staff in their hands, or maybe a Christmas play that I've seen. It kind of reminds me of a sign that I saw in Hobby Lobby a couple of weeks ago. It said, farmhouse-ish, a rustic dwelling located on a farm, minus the animals, barn, and actual farm. You know, we want that 
charm, the rustic feel without the work of the actual farm. I'd, I'd be one of those people. I love the farmhouse style, but I don't really want the animals and the dirt and all the things that actually come with a farm. Plus, if you know anything about me, that would be a disaster because I can't even grow a pot of basil. But back to shepherds. If we just imagine, you know, a, a character from our nativity scene, we're missing out because being a shepherd was grueling work. They were exposed to the elements. They were often having to find lost sheep. They had to fight off wild animals. In the New Testament, Jesus says, I am the door. What I love that image that a shepherd would put all of his sheep into a pen and then he would lay down across the door. When Jesus says he's the door of the sheepfold, he's basically saying anything that touches my sheep, it has to go through me first. The Old Testament talks about the Lord himself being our shepherd in one of my absolute favorite chapters, Isaiah chapter 40. God is describing himself to Isaiah. This is Isaiah 40 verses 10 and 11. It says, see, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. The image of God as both a sovereign Lord coming with power, a mighty warrior with these strong arms, and also a tender shepherd holding his lambs close to his heart is such a beautiful image of both strength and tenderness. And that's the kind of shepherd we have. He is strong and mighty, and he is a warrior on our behalf, and he's our defender. And he is gentle and kind and warm. And he holds us close when we're hurting or when we're injured. In John 10, Jesus describes himself this way. I'm in verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. As we continue with Psalm 23, let's keep in mind that this is our shepherd. Continuing with verse one, it says, I shall not want. All of our needs are supplied. As the, as the psalm unfolds, we see God meeting our physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. And he doesn't just supply them. He is incredibly abundantly generous with us. Verse two says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The image that conjures up is an image of rest. I mean, who doesn't need rest right now? This is not how I live. I live busy, stressed out, 
sometimes frantic, running around, doing stuff all the time. I naturally do not go to places of rest. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. As I've studied that passage, it really is all about presence. It's being with Jesus and he doesn't actually give us rest. It's not something, it's not like a noun that he gives to us. It's a verb. If you look at the original language, it means I will rest you. I will do this for you. And he does that by allowing us to be in his presence, by walking with us. Verse three says, he restores my soul. Another translation said, he refreshes my soul. And that's what God does. He restores, he refreshes. One day we will be fully and completely restored to to Eden, to paradise, to perfection. But even here, even now, God restores us as we spend time in his presence, as we allow him to lead us. Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. And when you read Psalm 46, you'll realize very quickly, it is not written from a grassy meadow or a hillside cabin. It's written right in the middle of chaos and war and upheaval. But the key is, again, presence. We can be still in the midst of the craziness because God is with us. Verse 3 continues, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Following God and obeying his word and allowing him to lead us into paths of righteousness or right living, it's not about keeping rules or allowing ourselves to be stifled. It's really about freedom. It's about walking with God into restoration and into paths that will not only be good for us, but we'll lift up his name. It's for his name's sake. He deserves the glory and he gets it. You know, when we're going through really challenging times and we're not panicking, the world notices. People wonder, like, how come, how are you even okay right now? And we can honestly answer, it's really not me. It's because I have a savior that is walking with me in this storm. Verse four says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that valley of the shadow of death refers to thick darkness and black gloom. We all, all will face times like this, whether it's a crisis or a loss or tragedy, an unanswered prayer, an unmet longing. I think about Bathsheba and the life that she thought she had that got ripped out from underneath her. She was left standing in, a, in the rubble of a life that was shattered by a horrible, irreversible truth. She had been raped. Her husband was dead. Her baby was dead. And she was married to David. Life as she had known it was over. What about you? When you are frozen with shock, when you can't catch your breath, when you can't hold things together, what then? This is where platitudes fall short and words sound hollow. You know, if somebody tells us to try to look on the bright side, sometimes the darkness is so deep, you can't see the bright side. When you are in that place, 
Can you cling to the truth that you are not alone? As you feel the discomfort and the darkness around you, I beg you to hold tightly to the truth of Psalm 23. He is with you. When you can't hold things together, he is holding you together, even in the dark. Verse 4 continues, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, there's an image of safety, security, protection, guidance. God's rod and staff were used to protect the sheep, to guide them, to lead them. And I fear no evil, for you are with me. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Everybody responds to stress differently. Some people stress eat. Me, I can't eat. When I feel unsafe, when I feel like things are really shaky in my life, the first thing to go is food. I remember many years ago, I was going through a really hard time and my mom came to visit And she made soup for me because I couldn't eat. I couldn't cook. When people are mourning the death of a loved one, what do we do? We bring them food because food says, I care. It says, you matter in the presence of our enemies. The idea there is when we are in a tight, narrow space bound up by adversity, right there in that difficult space, God spreads a table for us. It's an image of hospitality. And hospitality isn't about impressing people with nice stuff or a gourmet meal. Hospitality is about presence. It's about seeing someone and being with them. When we are hospitable, we're telling the person, I see you. You are important to me. I value you. So much so, that I went to the effort to prepare a table before you. It says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. That is an image also in uh, biblical times when somebody would have a guest to show them honor, they would anoint that person's head with oil. It was a welcome. It was a greeting. it It was a sign of respect. And here God is saying, when you are struggling, I'm not just gonna throw a piece of bread on the table for you. I'm going to, I'm going to spread a table for you and I'm going to anoint you with oil. I'm going to welcome you. Verse six. Oh, I love verse six. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And this is where digging deep into the original language just makes scripture come alive. That word goodness means beauty or pleasantness. It's the same root word good, like in creation when God created and he said it was good, it was good, right? This is the same root word. And it refers to something beautiful. And then that word mercy is the Hebrew word hesed. That word appears over and over throughout the Old Testament. And it can be translated mercy, kindness, loving kindness, steadfast love, That's probably my favorite translation. I love that idea of steadfast love that no matter what comes, God's love is immovable. And that word follow shall follow me all the days of my life. 
That word follow means to pursue or chase down. So we could say when we read verse six, we could say that God's beauty, love, and kindness chase us down every day of our lives. I just love that. That is such an encouraging thought to me, that God isn't just giving us the bare minimum to get by. He is pursuing us. He's chasing us down with beauty and love and kindness. Wow. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So not just here, not just on this earth is God chasing us down, but we get to dwell with him. We get to be with him forever and ever in his presence. As we look at the verbs in this psalm, look at the things that God does. He leads, restores, comforts, prepares a table. He anoints our heads. He chases us down with beauty and love. And what do we do? We shall not want, lie down, are rested, restored. We are led, we fear no evil. We are with him in the darkness. We are comforted, anointed. We hold an overflowing cup. We are pursued and chased down by beauty and kindness. And we dwell with him forever. I hope that you were encouraged today by Psalm 23. I hope that no matter what you're walking through, this passage was a reminder that you are not walking alone and that God is chasing you down with his beauty and love. Thanks for hanging out with me today on Find Hope Here. To find anything I mentioned on the episode, go to teresawhiting.com slash listen. That's where you can find all the show notes. And remember to hit that subscribe button. If you want to go the extra mile and leave a review, that would be amazing and it would mean so much to me. I'd like to leave you with this prayer from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.